This is CliffCentral.com. Welcome to the Renegade Report. I'm Jonathan. And Roman is present. And believe it or not, Jonathan, we actually um, are continuing the podcast. Sitting next to each other, as you can hear, in studio. I mean, despite what people thought, last week we had a disagreement on an issue. And people thought this podcast was ending for yeah, some reason. We, we were done. We were done. It's that's the, the world of Twitter and uh, the world we now live in. You you can't uh, disagree unless uh, you block people. You know that's that's how all all interactions must. No, but end. I mean this. Podcast Either you've got to block them, or you've got to destroy their lives, or you've got to um, uh, sue them. Well, I mean, if you had a life to destroy, I would do it. But um, <laughs> unfortunately, nothing, not much is happening there. So no, the podcast will carry on and we will disagree. I mean, that's the essence of being here today and driving many miles to be here. And Yes, Ramon, of course, had to drive from to his it. very large farmlands that he owns. Um, you know, hectares and hectares of them. Uh, apparently not very important to Moletzi and Becky, very important to John Steenhuisen. Weird, that. Right. Finally, someone said it, right? Well, let's see, Becky says, this is just a ploy to scapegoat the whites and the ANC are using the EFF to develop their policy. Like, and, and yes, it's obvious. He, he also basically turned around and said, this is a 2019 election campaign, folks. Yeah. Like, it's, you know, which we've, we've both said previously. Yeah, on I mean, the show. in 2016, they used the war room and racism. Mm-hmm. Now it's land and white people. So sort of the same thing, but same <laughs> tactics. Mm-hmm. Well, just, you know, they clearly, as I said, they're using the same PR company in Santon and it's just a slightly repackaged version of, of, of the same thing. Do you know the PR company? No, I, I don't, but uh, uh, they they are good at their job. Got the last I one must give down. them credit. I must give. Yeah, I, I think that was just a side uh, business, the the sort of Bell Pottinger thing. I, I mean, Bell Pottinger, how fucking Central dumb. campaign. I mean, if the Guptas came to me with a hundred thousand pounds uh, a month, was it? Mm. I would give them like a shit hot strategy, like brilliant strategy, and they're like, oh no, fuck, blame the whites all the time. That won't work. You can't blame everyone all the time. You can just say, this is the essence of BEE. Look how well we've done. <laughs> by, And they've done well. I mean, at Home Affairs, it's much easier now to do things because the Guptas put them in touch with VFS Global. <laughs> and it works <laughs> really well. Uh, they've supplied gold to ESCOM at a cheaper rate. Great, yeah. But they've done well. It's, it's more efficient. Yeah. So the Guptas have done well. That's the strategy. You don't say, oh, fucking, Johan Rupert doesn't want to give his cars away. That's so dumb. <laughs> Anyway, right, and uh, many people are rejecting those things, uh, as shown by our download numbers. You would like people to even further download the show for what reason, Ramon? To own the libs, <laughs> and right. specifically one lib um, that would be Eusebius, the king of libs, um, who we keep beating in the podcast rankings, even in his um, sort of "I'm going to get Afri Forum" um, podcast that he did this past week. Uh, Beat that one as well, which had good listenership, I'm sure. As someone said on Twitter, um, Eusebius is not happy that you are on top of him. (laughs) Uh, All right. And uh, that's where the gay jokes will stop. Um, Or maybe not. It could be Brazilian jiu-jitsu or wrestling. (laughs) Yes, that is a wonderful euphemism. And uh, for more of those today, we've got someone back in studio, uh, a voice you've heard before, uh, Miguel Bellona, who is a film director uh, and producer and a number of other things. And we thought, uh, we would do a slightly political show, but more lighthearted as well about film. <clears throat> more cultural show. Um, 
Yes, which can also be lighthearted, Ramon. Um, <laughs> but uh, let's start off with political. Uh, DSTV has uh, lost 100,000 subscribers, about a billion rand a year. Ramon, are you one of them? Uh, they lost me like four years ago. <laughs> and me about two years ago. Yeah, yeah. How's it, guys? Um, yeah, two years ago. Two and a half, nearly three. Well, wait, as, soon no as, as soon as Netflix launched, I cancelled the month after. Joe, yeah. you were you were a quick adopter. Quick adopter. Well, then I got fiber. I'm like, fuck this shit. I can get anything I want for free. So, I think like the, the biggest issue is that they they honestly are whining now that mm. that that it's like you can lose in business, you can gain whatever. Like I think they did like a relatively decent job for twenty odd years. I mean, they do dominate the sports market and a lot of. Um, People who watch that like watching their broadcasts internationally, they're well recognized as very good at, at that specific job. Um, but they, they've, they've been usurped. Like the market has changed and now they're whining that like Netflix exists. Yeah, well, well, that's the thing is the, the big thing is that they just didn't keep up. I mean, when DSTV came out, they were awesome. I mean, if you think about it, the entertainment back then, we only had SABC one, <laughs> two and three. Yeah. And generally, the, the really good shows, I mean, you had some cool shows on SABC 1 and 2, but the really cool shows were on SABC 3. And Mnet. And, 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 and Mnet. Um, but, I mean, you, you were limited to that when, when it became DSTV. I mean, you had, a, as they call it, a bouquet, you know, of, of channels. You had a, a ton of stuff. And back then, repeats weren't really an issue because we hadn't seen a lot of stuff yet, you know. So, so back then, yeah, it was cool, but and, they just didn't keep up. And to download an episode off the internet would take about two weeks. Yeah. So you couldn't be like, oh, America saw it. I'm going to see it tonight. You had to actually wait the three months they would make you wait. To yeah, see exactly. You know, and, but, but we were happy then to, to have that, you know, yeah. structured TV. I mean, the idea of nonlinear TV is also, and binge watching. Yeah. That's changed the way TV is being consumed. And DSTV, as, look, they, they put out their show max. Um, but I think it's too late. It's very much like how Vodacom and MTN were complaining about WhatsApp. You know, it's like you had years to do something of your own. You know, you had that time to yeah. to to spend and develop something that people could move on to to, yeah. to use. And instead, you just sat there thinking, "Oh, SMS money is going to make me millions forever." And then WhatsApp came and said goodbye. And then it's data, and it's whatever. It's the same thing yeah, with. With uh, DSTV, it's also internet. You know, our inf internet infrastructure allows us to be able to watch. Netflix yeah. now and and they're just not keeping up. Well, what's interesting about the, the um, arguments about the competition is that the competition is not beholden to you know state regulations. So, and the argument is that <laughs> they should be beholden <laughs> to state regulations, not to deregulate. So no, like fuck you, multi-choice. I don't give a shit if you need like. And then and then the argument, oh, we got four thousand black employees. I'm sure you got white ones and Indian ones too. Yeah, and like, yeah. uh, don't you give a shit about them if you go? Yeah, it's very cynical playing cynical of the race card. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah, like, like it's really pathetic. Yeah, after no, a while, pathetic. instead of saying deregulate so we can um, compete with Netflix and whoever else, and actually they'd increase the employee base. If if they, if they were de if they were deregulated, they'd probably increase the people they employ. Yeah, absolutely. They can hire fucking five thousand more black employees, the ones that really matter to them, yeah. uh, as opposed to. The other ones, but uh, no, I mean, I was you sort of feel sorry for them in a way that they're behind the times, but the arguments for being behind the times is such shit because they use that monopoly to fuck everyone over for 20 years, yeah, exactly. So I mean, well, them. look at the what was it like a billion rand or something ridiculous on that, yeah. building, on that building that they 
that they modified and renovated for themselves. Yeah. Well, that's why they need that money. And at the end of the day, they complain about uh, now we need to regulate things or whatever. But how many years have they had the monopoly on sport and they've used that sport for themselves? And now they're complaining about other people who have come in with their own yeah. kind of and sport know, advantages. And sport is incredibly enriching uh, it, it, from a television rights perspective. If you go look, I was looking at the English Premier League and what each of the teams earned this this season. Um, even the teams towards the bottom of the, the ones who get relegated are earning sort of 50 million, 60 million pounds, somewhere around there. And the majority of that money is coming from uh, television rights, not from anything else, not from ticket sales, not from uh, merchandise as a separate entity. But television rights are the main reason why, you know, people will complain that a footballer gets paid fortunes of cash but that's where the money's coming from because yeah. there's millions or billions of watch viewers around the world exactly you know and um the sp- them holding that sport is all that keeps dstv alive that subsidizes everything else that is all that keeps them alive that's the yeah. moment that goes the moment i mean but, uh, but they're even not willing to innovate there so for example i cancel my dstv and I, I quite enjoy um international cricket and rugby um i'm not big on watching sort of the super rugby season <clears throat> but I, I do enjoy watching the spring box play for example and since i've canceled i obviously don't have that access so i've either got to go to like a pub or a sports bar or something like that or i've got to go to a friend if i want to watch it uh, who's, who's got still got this tv uh, or i just miss out it's as simple as that i know there are nefarious means to kind of try access nefarious um, for who it doesn't matter you can you can uh, Return it if you if you prefer, but the point is is uh, I don't really have access, and I would be more than happy if they came out and said, "Look, if you pay us, you go here, credit card link, give us fifty bucks, and you can watch the Springbok match for the day. We'll unblock our signal for you or whatever." Um, I would probably pay that for for certain matches. Uh, I mean, they but they're not clever enough to do that. They they can see their entire model collapsing in front of them. And someone's gonna come come forward, like Netflix or a Netflix kind of person is gonna come forward to SA Rugby and go, yeah, it's fine, that's great, you've got that deal with DSTV. What we're gonna do is we're gonna we're gonna pull that feed and we're gonna offer it to people at X amount of money and we're gonna give you a profit share of that. And eventually, the deals that have been set up between uh, Multi Choice and all these sports organisations are gonna fall apart because someone's gonna come with something better. And DSTV is in the prime position to right now go ahead and go, no, no, before anyone beats us to the punch, we're going to do that for you. Um, but they're not. And I can see their sports um, entity collapsing as well. They're not listening to the to the public. Mm. That's the problem. The public is saying to them, give us uh, packages that are structured, that, mm. that are just sport, or that are like movies, series, and sport, or just give us smaller packages yeah. that we can afford. A thousand rand a month is a fuckload of money to spend. On, on nothing. Like, what are you spending it on? Netflix is 150 rand. You get a ton of shows. Between Netflix and YouTube, I get everything I want. Yes, I don't watch sport. I used to be an avid follower of sport. Past couple of years, I just don't watch sport. Yeah, you've, you've grown up. I literally just don't watch sport. <laughs> <laughs> just let it go. Yeah. That's what happens when you put on man pants and grow up and have children. You just don't yeah, watch sports they're, anymore. They're really tight around the crotch, but it's okay. <laughs> I'm kind of used to just, it. Just spread out there. This is a, this is a fem, feminist-free studio. So anyway, multi-choice, if you are listening, we will clearly give you advice. Um, much less than uh, consultancy fee applicable, but uh, not just as... Just listen to the public, really. Not as, they've been telling you for years. Give away 
the strategy, dude. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Anyway, so DSTV out of the picture. So, Miguel, you do movies. And I wanted to go watch uh, Five Fingers for Marseille, which is this South African Western set in the Karoo that is spoken in Sutu. I haven't watched it yet. Uh, commitments. But it had a huge hype and the trailer was excellent. And it's like a lot of money was put into this. I mean, you haven't seen it, have you? No. Uh, uh, it's on my list of movies that I wanted to watch. And I, I think I did tweet about it a while ago. I just put out the trailer and I, was, I even said, this is what we should be pumping out. Um, it is the kind of movie that we should be pumping out, but yeah. it suffers, you know, if we look back at our conversation that we had the last time, it suffers from marketing. Nobody's pushing it out, really. I mean, it's not getting strong marketing. Look, what has been marketed? Of course, Infinity War has been marketed. Everybody sees Infinity War. Does anybody even know that Five Fingers for Marseille exists? That's the one point. Another point, it should have been English, in my view. Um, really? I, I think I think that the language... That kind of movie, when I look at it, it looks like a very gritty, I wouldn't say it's the same movie because it's not the same movie, but I don't know if you watched uh, Kung Fu Hustle. Where yeah. They kind of create this like, uh, uh, West, like a, yeah. A, yeah, but it's like a separate little world that exists in a pseudo, it's like a hyper real world. Cause it's not a real existence in this no. Western and this town or whatever. It's, 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 it's fantasy and it's done so stylishly and so cool. Had it been done in English, I think it would have been a movie that you could easily have sold. In Australia, in England, in, well, even in America, if you, cause it's a really start. I mean, yeah. you're not going to make hundreds of millions, but you could have put it out and made $10 million around. So and this that's is 150 million. There's data, on, for, there's data for this. I mean, producers know that if you subtitle your movie, you immediately decrease the sort of, um, ability to sell that movie. Uh, you will, you may very well still sell it, but the volumes that you sell, the tickets you sell to uh, people in general, lots of people don't like going to movies that have subtitles. Um, and, and so you create an entirely different market. So it's an interesting point you make. I suppose they were looking for some sort of authenticity, um, and difference perhaps when they, when they sure, did Sure, but it. it's a semi-fantastical Western. Yeah. <laughs> in the Karoo. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Like, if you were going to make a movie, um, that, that is specific to the culture, if we do like an apocalypto, mm. if you had done apocalypto in English, the sincerity of that movie would have fallen apart. Oh, yeah, that's true. You know, you would have watched it and gone, oh, it's like 10,000 BC. If they had just done that subtitle and had the guys going, oh, uh, 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 yeah. that movie would have been a thousand times better yeah. instead of the really bad English dialogue that we got. So, so there are times when you've got to go the right language or whatever, but I think Five Fingers for Marseille, the type of movie that it was, I feel that if it had it been English, I think it could have been marketed to a wider group and also the title, like – well, the other thing the to say about I mean, nobody's going to go. There's a catchy movie to watch. I, I, you know? Once again, not commenting on the content of the film because I haven't seen it. Uh, so it, I, maybe it is spectacular. Perhaps it's the best South African I mean, film uh, ever made. The, the reviews are, uh, are, are, are oh great. I love it. Yeah, I, I'm 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 not uh, bashing the movie itself, but I think another thing we still haven't gotten over is we seem to want to chase awards. Uh, rather than chasing audiences. It's, it's been a South African problem forever. So we consider success, uh, film success in this country is considered when you go win some award at a film festival, the, the sort of higher up on the echelon of film festival it is, uh, you know, if you win, uh, a con or if you, if you get as far as the Oscars, um, then that's success. Uh, whereas what, uh, you know, Hollywood views as success is bums in chairs. 
So they uh, they will view the guy who produced Infinity Wars um, will not win an Oscar, <laughs> um, and 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 the guy who produced um, I don't know if it was Gajemo who produced uh, um, what's the, the Shape of Water, but whoever produced that film, if it was him or someone else, they they won a, they won an Oscar for it, right? Uh, that movie did make a lot of money, so it's not the best example, but there are f- films that go on to win Oscars. Um, and no they don't make them. a lot of money. Um, and it, Hollywood views a greater success as a commercial success before an award success. If you can get both, that's, that's amazing. Uh, but we need to start understanding, uh, commercial success. I think Five Fingers for Marseille, just in content and what they've tried to do, does at least try and target something like that. So it's not the old, boring kind of, this is South Africa. Mm. The state police are breaking down a door. The yeah. black people are holding burning things and the, you know, the white people are firing guns. It's not that old staid story. Um, not that you can't tell that story in a commercial way, but it hasn't been done yet, frankly. Uh, and it's nice that the content is, is, is progressing, but maybe chase all Yeah, I was very well. excited about it. when I watched the trailer. I was blown away by it. I, I, honestly, I watched it and I was like, yeah, this looks, cool visually the way it's yeah. created the fact that they try to um, uh, do something different narratively i was really blown away by that and it's exactly where i think we should be going just fix those minor little things and i think we can have box office success yeah because you did moan uh, previously <laughs> what he's not a big moaner so I'm, I'm <laughs> no, 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 but, but you mind that we, we, we try to make movies that have some sort of emotional resonance and trying to ex, you know Explore themes that are really political or historical or whatever. Instead of just making fun movies. Yeah, our balance is off. Yeah, our balance is off, and, and that's why Leon Schuster makes. And this looks like vast quantities. Although he of hasn't money. for a while. No, he hasn't God. for a while, but but when he does, he makes vast quantities of money because he's literally one of the only people in our country making movies that entertain. For fun. Yeah. He's not worried about making awards. I mean, clearly he's not worried about yeah. getting awards. Well, you know what I mean? But his, his next movie make, will be a hate crime. <laughs> it should be. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, his previous ones should be hate crimes as well. Well, I think yeah, okay. I think if you, diabolical. if you were to if <laughs> you were if you to blackface now, if you release yeah, Panic yeah, Mechanic yeah, today, amazing, eh? Panic Mr. Mechanic released today, Mr. Bones, yeah, Mr. Bones. Like, there was like twelve, no, how many years? And, ago? and that was the big money maker for him. Eh? It was just before, not just before the World Cup, 2006, probably somewhere, somewhere around there. there. Mr. Bones took out the, but I mean, people were more relaxed then. You know, you can't imagine why people laugh at each other. Why people cultured appropriating cave cavemen? That's, yeah, that's I mean, the, the good thing about his films, maybe violence. that's why he hasn't made another one. Or maybe he's a guy to get into the studio, maybe, actually. Maybe because he's got fuck off money. He doesn't give a shit anymore. Yeah, that well, uh, yeah, but, but he, can you yeah. imagine he sits, he sits down and he goes, I'm going to make another, another movie, right? And I mean, his movies ripped off everyone now. They really did. Um, yeah. they, <laughs> Which is why they worked. They, 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 I think they ripped into to, to all the sort of, well, not all, but at least they tried to rip into all the cultures, races, etc. Um, but he sits down now and he goes, okay, cool. We're going to make another movie. Great. So we're going to have this white guy dressed up as, no, wait, hold on. Can't do that. Uh, okay. So we're going to have this black guy pretend. No, no, can't do that. I know. We're going to have this black guy that once feeds to fall and then say he loves Hitler. Oh, wait. That's reality. Can't, can't, we can't satirize, we can't satirize life anymore. Yeah. It's gotten too ridiculous. All right. Well, yeah, life is parody. It's become so most overrated movie of the last two years, and this is probably a hate crime. Black Panther. What a mm. piece of shit! Not a, not shit. 
same really, old Ramon. I'm, I'm, I'm middle of the road. Same old thing. When when the villain has more reason to exist than the hero, that's when you know your movie's failed. Yeah, look, uh, uh, I'm I'm a bit mixed on Black Panther. I don't think it's a great movie. I don't think it's a bad movie. Um, I, you know, I, th- I thought it was a solid Marvel flick. I don't think it's. I think it's on the same level as uh, Doctor Strange and. That's a solid deep. Iron Man two and yeah, they're kind of. Those, it, those it, average you watch it, Marvel, it entertains you, and then you move on. Marvel right? Films. Look, he, I mean, his suit is bad. It's, there's cool stuff. I mean, his suit is badass. Um, I dug him as a. I mean, I, if, maybe he's a little bit bland, but in comparison to the other Marvel characters, he's different, which I liked. Like he's a little bit more. Um, thoughtful yeah. and, 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 and that kind. He's not always with a chirp and always got to have a, a, a cocky comment, a comment about something, which I quite like. It's liked. you, Captain Merka. Um, yeah, I mean, he's always, he's always got to have some chirp. I mean, Iron Man. Fuck you. Iron Man makes the best <laughs> chirps. So, but Iron Man's built to chirp, you know, it's like Spider Man, you know, they, they, they're there for that. Um, I felt that the villain was weak. I know a lot of people were like, Killmonger is amazing. I was like, oh, please. Like, all he did was snarl and snarl a little bit more and then. Break things and snarl a bit more. Look, the, the the concept behind this thing was that Wakanda was. Why do you think it's so overrated, Roman? Do you think it's just because there was so much hype? No, basically, it's it's a tired old story with black characters, and now it's like a, a historical cultural event, and it's really not. Yeah, but it's a boring story. Soft bigotry of low expectations, good, right? Good, good graphics, average acting. If if it was Iron Man four, people were like, okay, cool, it's Iron Man four. Like, I mean, it's it's not superior to Thor Ragnarok even, like in terms of Marvel. And I don't like I don't like Marvel movies generally, but it's a really average Marvel movie. Well, I haven't seen Thor Ragnarok. Apparently, that's awesome. Um, so it's more fun not, than Black Panther. Really, but it depends on on your view. I have a feeling that you might actually enjoy it a lot more. Um, yeah. the, the sense of humor is just not up my alley. Um, well, it's a, I, little, a little too slapsticky. My favorite uh, Marvel over the last ten years, bearing in mind that Iron Man One is just over ten years ago. I'm talking about Marvel produced, um, which Iron Man One was the first one, and I still think that's their best film. Um, it was was Guardians of the Galaxy One? I, I, I loved that film. Top three films for me. Well, uh, I mean, I really like Infinity War, but Guardians of the Galaxy, Iron Man, Captain America, Winter Soldier. Uh, I mean, those are the three. That you think By are the far best. their best, yeah. The rest of the, the rest of them, kind of in the middle, you know, middle Deadpool, of the road. Man. But that's that's a 20th century Fox, and I don't see. I don't count that or the X Men movies. Um, I, I think the upcoming ones, because now that Marvel has bought 20th century Fox, I think we can count those because they're going to relaunch. Fantastic Four, I cannot wait for that. Like a proper Fantastic Four. No, yeah, done properly. Yeah, Where the man. characters you know what a cool movie have... Fantastic Four should be? Mm. The, the, the shittiest characters under the sun. They're all nah, fucking should be, boring. It should be a it's like, fun it's like movie, Power man. Rangers that can stretch and yeah, set but, it, on fire. but it should be a fun movie and it's just not fun. Look, I enjoy them as a, as a, um. They also deal with the same, every one of those films so far deals with the exact same issues, right? So, fuck, you get the character, but the guy is the rock, basically. Um, Dwayne Johnson. No, 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 no. The, the <laughs> oh, Fantastic Four, the Rock, yeah, yeah. The, the Thing. The thing. Uh, it's always like him dealing with becoming the Thing and that he's grotesque. And like, fuck, who cares, man? Like, make a movie where he's like over it and he's happy with who he fucking is. Like, um, no, like in the comics, he's kind of look, yeah. he deals with it a lot. But I mean, he's been doing it for fifty, sixty years, so they've kind of over that. Yeah, know? they they kind of deal with the same shit again. Every time they reboot, they deal with the same crap over and over again. It's like Spider Man. Always having to deal with the Aunt May thing, right? And it's like, all right, it's better when you leave. Like, just Aunt May can be there, but like, let's not make it a sob story. It's fine. She's Aunt May. It's great.
Yeah, <laughs> on the side so there. Day, just, um, it's just about diversifying the narratives, I guess. So you, you loved Infinity Wars? I thoroughly enjoyed it, but I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. It was fantastic. Uh, what about the criticism that, you know, that the people they killed, they didn't really kill because everyone knows that they're either not dead. Spoiler alert, fuck's sakes. Um, well, I haven't said who, that, who died. Um, <laughs> so the Dumbledore people, dies, the, the, I think. Dumbledore dies, yeah. Um, and also Luke. Um, so, Skywalker. Yeah. Oh. Um, so the argument being some people, some main characters die. Um, but they don't really die because we know in real life that they're actually signed to contracts to do movies in like a year's time. Yeah. Um, plus there's a second infinity war basically where a lot of this is probably going to get reversed. Um, in a year. So some people, it's like, it's just a like unnecessary film almost in a way. It's gratuitous. Well, it's just, I mean, it's TV, man, ending, ending something on a cliffhanger. It's, it's, like, it's economics. Like the fucking Hobbit is like 50 pages yeah, long yeah. and they made a nine hour film. But I mean, everyone's going to get to the end and be like, oh, my favorite hero, are they going to come back? Watch Avengers next year, 2019, April 18th, and they're going to get another billion dollar opening. I mean, geez, like this movie made $250 million in the, in the US over its opening weekend, yeah. 690 worldwide. Yeah, it's unbelievable. And it's opening weekend. You see, that's why I have no hope for humanity. People think <laughs> like a Marvel movie gives them meaning. It's no, but you, but meaning, you know what it is dude, It's entertainment It's also 10 years eh? I mean they've been building that If you've been a fan for 10 years If you think about it That's more than 10% of somebody's life That those movies represent For you And if you're at that age Of a movie going kind of guy In the young age group Where you're actually able yeah, to You watch started movies, watching when you were 10 You hooked on those things yeah. So by the time you get to the Infinity War now And everything's wrapped up Even though there's been mediocre movies in between you're excited to see this villain that's kind of wrapping up all of these stories, which is why they've built up to where they are now, which is this massive industry. But have they reached the peak? Like five years ago, yeah. I don't know. Well, I mean, you'd say that, but they're still making ridiculous amounts of money. Yeah, Black Panther is the third or fourth highest grossing movie. Infinity War is now going to top that easily. So, wow, they're making billions. Kevin Feige, the producer that started yeah. this Marvel thing, I don't think he gives a shit about winning awards. <laughs> he can buy them all. Like literally every single Oscar, he could go out and buy them. Can can Marvel <laughs> get a little bit deeper though? Like DC is, essentially. Yeah, but then you stop making money. No, DC shit though. Although Holy Logan shit. Logan made no, money. DC I gotta I gotta say that. Shit. Logan made money. Yeah, and Logan made money and Logan was liked for that exact reason. And Lo- it was deep and, and, it was Lo- hard. and Logan is the best superhero movie since eh, no. Dark Knight trilogy. Yeah. Okay, so I disagree with both of you on that, but it's fine. I'll oh, let you have Andy. the point. Okay, fine. Have your 80s shitty music with <laughs> and a speaking with The, the problem with Logan was, was Professor X, but anyway, uh, <laughs> it was just fucking was, irritating. But, you, but you're talking about um, um, taking a comic book movie, giving a deeper meaning. Well, what I'm saying is, really did. If you people who are, you know, into their comics, really deep into their comics, and and go to these films, and then actually are referencing back to comics, um, and going, no, that's that's not correct or whatever, um, and they do get it quite spot on. But the difference, the biggest difference between DC and Marvel is that. Uh, Marvel characters are like fun characters. They they're not particularly deep. They don't deal with like deep personal matters and problems. That's why Batman works, for example. Batman is Batman is not only DC's best character, but he's in my opinion. But he's and I don't know the universe that well, but of what I know, um, but he's also represents what they try to do with their characters, which is so layered and so deep. Um, 
there's so many things and they're not just good, for example. They're evil as well and they're, uh, they're, they're conflicted in, in what they do. Um, and that's why Dark Knight works so well because he, Christopher Nolan got that spot on, uh, in understanding Batman and in the second film where you see the Joker and you're like, okay, who's the bad guy here? Is it Batman? Is it the Joker? Um, they're both bad, actually. Uh, th- that's what DC's about. So I, I, maybe audiences aren't into that anymore. I, I don't know. I don't know if they're not into it, but it's the difference between mainstream and and kind of, I suppose, I mean, they're both mainstream, Niche. but one's kind of a little less mainstream because it deals with bigger issues. Um, Marvel has been outsetting DC Comics for quite a while cause, because they are more fun. Um, but they do, DC do deal with deeper issues at times. I mean, there was a one uh, series uh, called Identity Crisis, which was pretty intense. I mean, it was about another, eventually it was really about like another superhero being like a serial killer and killing other superheroes. And it's, but it deals with a lot of kind of internal issues. To say, um, I think Spider, like Spider-Man deals with human issues, you know, deals with a boy trying to deal with a girl. You know, in school, mm. and so it's kind of more surface level, but it's probably stuff that we can it's more relate relatable. to. Exactly. Whereas I find DC more like high end conceptually, like I've got high end conceptual ideas and ideological ideas, mm. and people find it difficult to get into. If you look at Batman versus Superman, mm. I personally, if you watch the director's cut, I loved it. The ultimate, the ultimate cuts. Until you get to Doomsday, which is clearly a studio note going. Yeah, we, need uh, we can't just have these two guys arguing yeah. about ideologies because that's effectively what Batman versus Superman is. Let's yeah. put a big dude at the end so we can fight and blow shit, shit up. Yeah, cool. And then that's the weakest and part unity of the and all that shit. Yeah, you know, I mean, they've got to unite because ultimately they're the building guys. to Justice League, etc. But mm. I did ruin the movie though. But that whole very good for the first three quarters because you know, they're dealing with yeah. big issues and and a lot of people gave it assholes because where's the jokes? You know, where's the jokes? That's what Marvel does. You know, they give us jokes every two seconds, and that's what people want. That's why Watchmen. They want Leon Schuster. That's why Watchmen didn't work, even though it's a fantastic movie. A f- a fantastic movie. Phenomenal I mean, it's movie. A, a, one Zach, of the best comic book adaptations, actually. It's Zack Snyder. Like, that's when you know Zack Snyder is actually a good fucking director. Ugh, but they messed him around in Justice League. Oh, well, when the studio controls things. I mean, we were talking just before the show, uh, Star Wars, Last Jedi. Uh, we, Be, we actually, best Star Wars movie. We, we actually, <laughs> no, really, really, someone who doesn't care, I really enjoyed it. Well, there we go, you know. So, uh, I, spoke, I think Rogue One off. is the best Star Wars movie, frankly. No, in, terms uh, of, in terms of aesthetics, uh, Ryan Johnson did something really special with The Last Jedi in terms of how it looked, or how it played out. Look, so, the, the look was fantastic, was stunning, yeah. like some of the. That, that sequence at the end, yeah, I mean, it's, it's imprinted on it's imprinted on my mind. I know that they made a point to show, like, this isn't hot. You know, like they had that little shot. I laughed in the cinema actually, where he touches the salt, and it's like, "Mmm, it's salt." Just in case people don't want to confuse it with Hoth from Empire. Just please don't confuse it. Uh, um, not the same planet. But that was cool, like with the red underneath, and I mean that whole sequence where Kylo Ren and and um, and um, Luke are oh, okay. are having that one on one, and you're seeing him slide, and it's very anime the way it's cut, the way it's shot, yeah. where he slides on the red, and it, it appears, and then you see like Luke's footprint doesn't come and. All those kind of things. I mean, it was sick. It was it was shot really nice, and there was really cool stuff. But there was multiple story problems. Oh, uh, there was just lots of problems. Yeah, yeah. and and problems. so much missed opportunity. So <clears throat> there was uh, two biggest missed opportunities for me. Was firstly the the way they sort of kill Luke in the in the end, the way they get rid mm. of Luke. Spoiler um, alert! 
Yeah, if you haven't seen this movie, yet, seriously, <laughs> <One of the> few. <laughs> get over it. Um, they don't kill him, but but he's sitting on a rock on on his island, and he's kind of meditating, and he's astral projecting himself onto this planet where this fight is going on. And they may, I think, it was a big error because if he had become one with the Force, which is what they were trying to denote, um, that he was so in control uh, that he should have just put himself on that planet, physically put himself on that planet. Or they could have even said that he got his, um, uh, what's his name from the, his X-wing from, his from, X-wing, the, yeah. from the bottom of the ocean there. And he, 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 he flew it there, whatever. It doesn't really matter how they got him there. Um, the problem is, is he appears and he's standing there and then they all fire on him and it's like, well, no one survives that. And then he does survive. And you're like, wow, that's amazing. And then when you realize that he's not actually there, you're like, oh, it's not actually that amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, whereas if he had actually been there and actually survived it, which you could always argue in, in the, in the context of, of, of the, the universe that they've created, um, it would have been far more impressive. That was the one big issue for me. Uh, I mean, there was stupid stuff around how they get out that cave and the, the stupid, those stupid wolves. This is the Disneyfication of things, right? Yeah. So <laughs> Disney has to add in animals that don't, Matter like nobody gives a shit about. No, but you know why they put those funny? Yeah, so they can make fuzzy animals no, for those, children. Those puffin things. <laughs> it was more difficult to erase the puffins digitally than yes. to just change them to those whatever you call those. Oh, the porgs. Mm. Yeah, porgs. It's, it, it's easier. It, it was easier to change them into that than delete them. Is it like, like with a porg, for example? Like in terms yeah. of Disneyfication, yeah. where Chewbacca is sitting there with that that. Lacquer roasted fried pork, and he's looking at the pork, and the pork's like all sad with him. Disney says, No, don't eat it. Like, feel bad about it. <laughs> yes, but what real should have been exactly. Chewbacca would have been, Well, you're next, bud. That's yeah. what Chewbacca would have done. Absolutely. So, there's Disneyfication. Um, and then, so the second scene where there's big Disneyfication is, is you get this fight scene now with Ray and uh, Coloring, uh, and they're both fighting together. Um, and you have an opportunity to change the entire dynamic of the of of the Star Wars universe. You you can you can make them unify essentially, and then I don't, you can go anywhere with it, really. And no, they, but then sex comes, and that's not Disney. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you, well, men and uh, well, uh, what did you think of of where that should have gone? I actually don't mind the. Uh, I'm I'm over the moon with Kylo Ren. I think he's by far the best character in the new. Star Wars movies. I know a lot of people have said that he killed Snoke. I was like, sweet, because that oak was useless. I mean, I dug the way he used his powers and that in the second one, but he was a character I didn't like from the first one. I didn't really like him in the second one, and I, I actually like that he's actually just a step up for Kylo Ren to basically become the new emperor, and I really hope that he doesn't soften out and become a good guy at the end. I hope he really continues to be a, the absolute badass that he can be. Um, I don't mind that that narrative between the two of them. I, I I think it's interesting. I think it's like he's it's the most interesting thing in that movie. Yeah, thought. you need antagonist protagonist attention. That that's what they create. Really. Yeah. But anyway, I want to talk about the Oscars this year. Really? Yeah. Okay, go. Because I watched out of the top ten, I think I can't remember what they are anymore. I watched four, and Shape of Water was like the worst one by oh. far. Fish sex movie. I haven't seen The Shape of Water. No, I'm not interested. Uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm keying Guillermo del Toro and doing a adult fantasy. I mean, he but does that's, those. That's what I thought. He I does mean, those things amazing. Pan's, Pan's Labyrinth, Labyrinth is one of the best movies ever. Kronos. Made. You just look at mm. any of these kind of movies that he does that. He's amazing. And Shape of Water was his, his weakest by far. Like, really weak. Like, three billboards outside Denver, Missouri, far better. 
Much better. Don't cook. Far better. Get out. Terrible. I don't know who thinks Get Out is worthy. Well, of Get Oscar. Out was making a racial statement, so that's why it's a social justice movie. No, well, no, but people it's a, it's a people time, see you know? people see it that way. I don't think Jordan Peele is a social justice guy. If you see his comedy, he's a very good comedian. Yeah, but you can, not he's a social you can be above guy, the culture and, and then direct something towards the culture. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it's, it was very much a – I mean, the message for me that I got from that movie is that it's just um, all whites hate all blacks and all whites just want to be blacks. And that's, that's the message that I got from that movie. And, and a very simple – when you look at that, it's not even a, a, a And if they can't, in enslave – Kind of, but, no. there, but there isn't even a, like a positive white character in that movie. Not not one. Even the the woman ends up being a negative white character, and it's like, come on, guys, there, there has to be something. It just it was just so you, negative. You need the white savior. No, it's not about a, a white savior, but just to have um, something, you know, redeeming the, features. One redeeming character, yeah. not one, not one. The, the, even the cop in the beginning could have come back at the end, oh, yeah. right? And even if he had died or whatever, or tried to save them and, and being like, just something to say, not all white people are evil. Yeah, like, that, that's, that, that that's kind of what. That cop scene was very overwrought. Yeah, it's, and, like so and, obvious. I mean, it's, it's so obvious. And that's yeah. the problem with that movie is, is yeah. that it tried too hard to be obvious, like, and this it hammered so, you. This is social commentary. Yes. And if you don't believe us, we will make sure you know it's social commentary. Yes, and, <laughs> and, and, it's, and it's so blunt. It's just like, over, it bashes you over the head with it Good. instead of trying to be subtle about its commentary. And, and, and that's what. Got to me, I think. I, like, yeah, I, I didn't find it funny or scary. No, it wasn't. And it was apparently like a horror comedy. And I was like, it's <laughs> fun. But like, you know, do you think that this deserves any accolades? Yeah, it's honestly, I mean, yeah, it, it, it is ridiculous. I mean, it's, it gets really silly. In, in, in terms of a horror movie, kind of silly. Um, yeah. Like when once he gets hooked up on that chair and he kind of escapes and he starts like getting out. I mean, why would you pick up? A deer head off of the wall to stab somebody with, only because it's a stupid horror movie. You know what I mean? Like, a, yeah. nobody's going to pick up a deer head over the wall and use that as a weapon. Yeah, like, um, uh, like, okay, this is going to be really political. I don't think Hollywood is great at uh, portraying strong black characters, and when they try, it's trite. Black Panther, um, Get Out, things like that. Uh, Training Day, you know, Denzel wins his Oscar and he's like the badass. And it's because he's a gangster. So. But he was really good in Training Day, yeah, no, right? No, no. But I find Hollywood struggles to really flesh out black characters in there's, films. There's no nuance to them, no. really. And but, it's very patronizing. But there are, there are, I mean, there are movies. I, I find the most successful ones are the ones that actually just treat them as characters. Exactly. Like, which, 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 give me an example. Yeah, just, uh, even if, just look at Man on Fire. Because one of my favorite oh, movies oh, is Man fuck, on Fire. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Man on Fire. Tony Scott's one, eh? Yeah. Oh, phenomenal. Yeah. Now, now, you look at that movie. Yeah. He's a black lead and there's a white girl. And not once, I don't recall in that movie, no. not once do they say, oh, I'm a black guy and you're yeah. a white. Not once. It's a father-daughter mm. kind of story between yeah. the two of them. That's true. And that's, that's the kind of movies that, yeah, that, that Sorry, that is your film to, to go watch. If, if you, you have, have never watched, seen Man on Fire. It's turn off hours of that, like. That is your brilliant. film to go see. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, not many movies. Movie Denzel Washington's best performance, in my opinion, better than Training Day. And, uh, Ooh, Training Day is good though. And, and just, just amazing filmmaking. There is, yeah. there is so, it's a full package because the acting is brilliant, the story is superb, and soundtrack, and yeah. score. And oh, the, oh, then on top of that, score, production design, editing, Everything. cinematography, it's all there. Great film. Really, really one of my really, top movies. And again, like just put in a strong 
Yeah. Black character That's just a strong character But, but I find Denzel Washington does that yeah, Exactly Equalizer Man I'm so excited for Equalizer oh, 2 Equalizer 2 Yeah it's fun what is the, what is Just movie? cool action films uh, Was it know? American Gangster Yeah maybe with Ridley Scott With the Russell Crowe Yes yeah Like yeah, in it as well and, He's a yeah. gangster He's just a gangster Like he's not Trying to be like a black nationalist He's not <laughs> trying to like Fucking take yeah. over the world He's like just a fucking gangster Exactly And he does it so well So that's what we need to do It's like And if you listen to Denzel Washington in public He's like you know This racism bullshit Fuck you guys Like just fucking Morgan do, Freeman's also the do same Do the best yeah, you yeah. can He's got no time for this shit yeah. Racism is also got no time for it He's just like You know People are assholes And that's how it is But You know Just get yeah. on with it Yeah So Denzel Washington yeah, is he, it, is he Probably it, does it the best Anything yeah. else Oscars, you wanted to talk about Oscars. Um, you brought it out. Out of the top ten, what which one do you think was best? Well, well I, I, look, I three billboards. I thought it was excellent. Fuck was the great. Dialogue. Look, and I dig. I, I dig that uh, director. What's it? Uh, Neil McDonough. Yeah. Um, uh, Martin McDonough. Yeah. yeah. He did uh, In Bruges, which is fucking Bruges, amazing. Top notch. Seven Psychopaths, which, which was, was a, a step okay. down, but but this one. It had moments, and um, he's just three billboards. The dialogue, he's great. I mean, he's <laughs> just got sharp, witty dialogue. And the best thing about that movie. The racist cop, there's no redemption. No. no. There's no apology. There's no like, oh, maybe I did something wrong. It's true no, to life. It's know? all like, no, fuck you. I did beat up black suspects. And then things happen to him, but he never apologizes. He's never... He repents. See, there's no, no, Hollywood likes the neat bow. Exactly. And life isn't like that. Man. Yeah. And big movies, what, and that's what's so cool about Infinity War, even though <laughs> the bow comes in a year's time. Yes. It's nice that for a change, for a movie of that scale, you can walk out disappointed. To, basically, they were willing. Well, I don't know if it's disappointed; it's just a bit shell shocked. I mean, people leave that and think, "Fuck, oh, wow, did that end <laughs> like that?" I mean, I expected the bow. Where's the bow? Yeah, yeah. you know, um, which I thought was pretty cool about Infinity War. Let's let's talk a little bit about uh, television series because I think a lot of people get their entertainment there now. I know films like Infinity War, Star Wars. Will make money because they're legends before they've been made, essentially. But uh, a lot of people get their entertainment off as we started Netflix, yeah. uh, Showmax, maybe. So, uh, best series of past year, Jonathan? Mm, so tough. Um, I always find it tough to say one because I, I would say, yeah, like, in course. categories, I, like, I, Stranger Things, I loved Stranger Things. I thought the second series wasn't as good as the first one. Um, but I, I, I really enjoyed, I really enjoyed that series. Um, that's in, in that sort of category. I'm still loving Gotham. Uh, I know that, uh, that's, uh, that's, uh, they went on for 40 episodes too. Oh, it's still going on. After the second season. No, still really enjoying that. Um, they have, they have their moments where they go down a path and you're like, no, it's just like leave this storyline. It's stupid. But, uh, really enjoyed that. Uh, I need to give some thought. What's your, what's your top? Ozark. Yeah, I, I couldn't. I only got through half of it. No way, man. Ozark was great. Yeah, it was that. The Accountant, Ben Affleck's film, yeah, yeah. meets awesome. Breaking Bad. Awesome movie. Meets okay. Breaking Bad. Sounds but interesting. No, Ozark is so underrated. It's oh, right. slow. It's really good. It's not slow. Okay. Well, I, I, I thought it was slow. <laughs> it's not slow. It is really good. It's about an accountant who launders money for the mob, and they have to. They move him to somewhere in like Minnesota. Called Ozark. Oh, Fargo. Fuck me. Fargo season three, amazing as well. But anyway, Ozark. Watch that. I must, I must watch that. Really, really good. Um, yeah, uh, TV series. Look, it's also it's been it's been difficult, you know, with kids. Yeah, you can't really watch the shows that we want to watch during prime time. I guess so. We have to wait until the evening. I so. do it anyway. <laughs> I was said before the show that the divorce yeah, no, papers are coming. Ramon just doesn't yeah. know it. No, look, we had we had an episode of Portlandia on the other day. 
Um, and uh, it's the one sequence. Have you not watched Portlandia? It's, no. it's, it's kind of like a semi-skit show, uh, Fred Harmison, um, kind of ripping off Portland and the, the kind of millennial slash um, uh, hipster kind of culture that they got going on. It's, it's, I think it's a little aged now, but we're only watching it watching now. Sure. Um, and then there was the one scene where they were talking about safe words. And um, he, I mean, it was a role reversal. He was playing the woman yeah. and the woman was playing the guy. I mean, they were talking just about using the safe word, you know, and it starts off with like absolute raucous sex. <laughs> I've got my four-year-old like sitting there watching this and it's like hardcore, you know. Um, um, I mean, you don't see anything, but you can see everything. Um, and then yeah. eventually, obviously, the safe word, I mean, like the husband can't get anywhere close. <laughs> uh, it was hilarious. But you've got to watch it. It's like little skits. It's, 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 it's very cool. I quite enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, but the last shows I watched, Preacher Season 2. I couldn't get past. What's Preacher? I couldn't get past Season 1. You got, you, season 1 sucked because it wasn't based on the comics. It was just oh. like, we need to establish stuff so the audiences kind of aren't just thrown into this weird world where um, – the child of a angel slash demon can possess a preacher and burn a church and do all hmm. weird shit. So, so I think they had to establish that universe first for general audiences. And that first season was terrible. Season two follows the first, I'd say, seven, I think, issues, more or less, okay. and pretty accurately so of, of, of the comic. Brilliant. Like, and they, they, they really got can you start, start off with season time. two? Can you just lose season one? You can. Yeah. Oh really? You can okay, just do that. just ignore season one. The only the only part in season one that's relevant. It's like literally the first like three or four pages of the comic mm. of, of issue number one is is that he gets possessed by Genesis, this this child of whatever that gives him the word of God, mm. which means that he can tell anybody anything, anything, and it will happen if he uses the word of God. Mm. Um, and um, and then he burns down his church of practitioners. He meets his his ex girlfriend Tulip. And a vampire Cassidy, and they go on a road trip to find God because they find out that he's left, <laughs> he's left heaven. So that's what it is. That's the setup. That's basically what they told you in season one. That was told in three pages in the comic, which was more, much more effective. <laughs> season two, excellent. They've got much all better. the humor. They didn't hold back on a lot of the stuff, which was great. Um, like Star, there's the one character Ken Star, which I thought they'd pull back on the stuff that you know the stories around him, and they haven't. And I think it's fantastic. So another one I watched, it's, it's old, uh, Billions, though. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, time I, watched I it, thoroughly enjoy Billions. The, 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 it's that like Game Theory 101. The strategy mm. of these two protagonists and antagonists is really good, uh, which I... And I do that actor, man. Damien... Damien Lewis. Damien Lewis, yes. yeah. But even... But, but, um, uh, uh, what's, um, his, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, G- Giovanni. Yeah, Paul Giamatti. Giamatti. Yeah. He's he's a phenomenal. No, but he's actor. always. Uh, I mean, he's always been. Been. But I mean, he I transforms. Was, I was actually quite surprised how good that show was. Uh, Billions. Billions is excellent. Uh, if you haven't, sorry, I was just looking at what I watched in the last year. Um, uh, and I know this is also older, but now, but Rick and Morty, I, it's, mm. it's a separate uh, um, thing. But I love Rick and Morty. Can't clever. get into it. Really, I watched the first three or four episodes. No, you need I'm to like, keep going. I just don't you need to keep get going. It. Yeah, it's one of those that you, once you get into it, it's it's, it's very funny. I mean, I don't, did you watch BoJack Horseman? There's a lot of I've watched some of BoJack, but yeah, look, they're all ripping off certain things. But there's a the comedy in in um, Rick and Morty is is. There's a whole bunch of sort of science physics comedy as well, like mm. about <laughs> multiple universes and about time and about – I mean the the one season ends off and you don't even know if the characters you're watching, even though they're the same characters or the same characters yeah. you've been watching, <laughs> like you, they basically have killed off all the other characters and you're just watching a whole range of new characters, which kind of matters because the characters you've been watching have been through all these experiences and now they're like haven't. So it's it's – 
it's quite i find that um awesome it's something that's in a sort of you could only do it as a as a comical cartoon uh but it's also uh dealing with some things in there that are that are really interesting also they they don't sugarcoat so like <laughs> the parents get divorced for example and it's like proper acrimonious kind of divorce you know you don't really see that in like cartoons and your kids could watch it and it wouldn't really bother them at all um, but there's lots of adult theme in there uh and a lot of commentary on sort of common social justice stuff i, I think at one point um Morty sort of is 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 lamenting racism and something like that and Rick just goes but you did this or something like that and just pulls the entire argument apart. It's, it's just fantastic. Um, so I really enjoyed Rick and Morty. Uh, Bojack Horseman, I, I, I watched, I, now I couldn't get into that. I watched like four episodes and then, but it's a commentary on Hollywood. Episodes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and it's, 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 it's scathing. Eh? Yeah. It's, it's, it's scathing, but, but hilarious. I, I find it hilarious. <laughs> I, I, I think I watched the one season. There are some jokes in there, which are, and then look at the, the, the premise is funny. It's a, it's a, it's a horse, right? He's like a, a man. But the, but the biggest <laughs> asshole on the planet as well, which makes yeah. it even funnier. So it's <laughs> and he has these parties at his house, which is like overlooking LA. You know, those sort of typical on the hills there overlooking LA, multi-million dollar houses with like cocaine and all these superficial people. And he just tells them exactly what he thinks of them. And it's, it's, it, yeah, it's very funny. And that's exactly what it's about. The superficialness of yeah. the place. Um, and, uh, have you, have you watched Archer? No. I watched the first two episodes. Fuck, I it's, love it. It's too obvious. Uh, but it's pretty you've got, you got to keep away. It's like a ripple of spies, you know, like James Bond. Uh, Oak is the, he's, he's an like, alcoholic, he's but such, he's, he's a so thick. as well. He's like, but he's so thick, you know. But, but very funny. It's a, it's, it's very funny. They rip off that entire kind of, it's like Austin Powers, but without any. Not slapstick. Back. No, 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 but it's, it's, it's animated. Oh, okay. All um, right. It, it's very funny. Lots of F-bombs and it's, it's very funny. So, so latest stuff. Way um, of course. Yeah. The Chef's Table on Netflix. Have you watched this? Yeah, I actually have. It's on my, it's on my list. Uh, I, actually, I, I, I haven't watched it. It's actually really good. My it's, wife had it on. <laughs> and then I watched it and I, ju- I did enjoy it. It's so, no, but it's, it goes into, it's, well, firstly, it's shot beautifully. You have to admit, Jonathan. It's yeah, shot no, it's, phenomenally. It's, it's, it's very well but done. But you get into the philosophy of food with like these chefs and it's, you think, okay, how interesting can food be? But fuck me, it's interesting. Well, there's a, a lot of the documentary stuff on Netflix is, is kind of revolutionizing documentary. Oh, fuck me, documentary. Wild 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 Countries one. Um, no, not yet. Uh, more lighthearted than Wild Wild Country, like because Wild Wild Country is, really I mean, it's, in, it's intense yeah. as well. Um, I watched uh, if you into cars. There's one called Fastest Car. Which is, you know, it's, it's not very thoughtful at all. Although they, 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 it is interesting. And they basically take a supercar. At the end of every episode, they take a supercar and people with normal cars that they've souped up essentially, you know, cause that's a big thing in the United States, um, have to race against supercar. And then whoever wins ultimately the final episode is all the winners of each episode. And of course, you know, you, you, you look at these a lot of these cars and you think they'll never beat like a Lamborghini or a, or a McLaren or whatever it is, um, and sometimes they do. Um, and they go – each one sort of tells a story about the character um, who's driving the car. Um, so the one that was quite interesting, the first episode I think, is this guy who's taken this like 1927 Chev or, or something like that. Uh, and he's he basically is a, he's, um, a paraplegic and uh, – 
he, he like modified this car so it's it's like a truck body basically, but he made it low to the ground because the door like is this, is a, it's a giant door that just swings open, so he can get in easily um, from his wheelchair, and he's himself has souped this car up that it's got like something like six or seven hundred horsepower. It's unbelievable. Um, and, but it tells sort of his story and, and it does that with each of the people. I think there's, there's four people per episode, one supercar and three, three normal cars. Uh, so that's, that's a, it's, I thought, I, I was very surprised by it. I was like, I was looking for something to watch one night. I was like, I just want to watch something for 30 minutes, 40 minutes, put it on. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Seven or eight episodes and, uh, quite entertaining, but, but also making documentary, not like the sort of stayed kind of documentary. I think a lot of the documentaries are doing that. No, they're, they're very good. I mean, the Netflix documentaries are outstanding. I, I find. Yeah. They're generally, generally well produced. The messages and all of that is. I mean, it's some interesting stuff. But World War Country is interesting because it's about a, a cult. It's, not, it's, it's a spiritual group. Um, I'm actually quite sympathetic to them um, <laughs> because basically it's the anarchists. It's this um, spiritual preacher from India who is like. Outrageously capitalist. He's got like seven Rolls Royces. And he says, I'm not a Christian. If you smack me, I'll smack you back, bitch. But my principles are based on love and consciousness and all the fucking rest of it. And they, and they buy this ranch in the middle of Oregon in this really shithole next to a shithole town called Antelope, which is like a retirement village for Christian evangelicals. <clears throat> um, and over like six episodes, I think, or seven episodes, like it, the, the tempo just increases all the time. And uh, a, a phenomenal, phenomenal documentary. All true, all archive footage. And you see <clears throat> how the American government just puts their nose in where it doesn't deserve to be at all. Like these people are just living peacefully, not doing just, anything. That's, isn't uh, that like part of their MO? Yeah. Well, every government's MO, right? <laughs> yeah, every government knows where it doesn't but, but, belong. But it brings in a lot of different themes uh, from, from the 80s into it. Uh, I thought it was a really, really great documentary. Let's give it a bash. Not, yeah. not a documentary, but uh, something else I watched uh, was the latest Black Mirror. Well, I actually, oh, I actually, the latest Black Mirror came out and it was like, oh, the latest Black Mirror, and I hadn't seen any of them. So I, I binge watched it oh, yeah. from the beginning. How amazing. Uh, so the first thing I need to say is if you haven't watched it and you do that same thing, you watch from the beginning, which I would suggest from series one. The first episode is fantastic. Um, the problem is, is the first series, that first episode, I think, makes people watch it and then they never watch another episode. So I need to tell you that if, if, if the first episode gets to you, um, just you just carry on. It, they're not all like that. I think that's probably close to one of the most graphic episodes. Um, it's not the most disturbing, actually, but it's definitely one of the more graphic ones. Um, yeah, get over the first episode and carry on going. But the latest series of Black Mirror was superb. It was brilliant. Um, there were just great themes in there and, and lots of stuff which really is relevant. You know, Sam Harrison and, and all those, those guys, uh, Elon Musk, et cetera, are, are going to tell you that, um, machines are coming to get us. Um, and I find a lot of their arguments very unconvincing. Uh, but Black Mirror makes some very convincing arguments about the dangers of machinery. Oh, with that mechanical uh, dog thing. The mechanical dog Shit. is one of them. Yeah. The woman who has to score social points um, to get anywhere ahead oh, in life, to buy a house. You have to have certain social points. Season three. Um, yeah. That was season three, yeah. But the, worst, um, the best one's called Crocodile. Oh, uh, well. The, the worst best one. Yeah, the, because it's just like heart-wrenching. Yeah. That was the insurance yeah. uh, scheme one, right? It's the, the one where... People can see or record what something. you're thinking. 
Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, what you what your thoughts were before? It's, it was an yeah. insurance scam, basically. Yes. It was a was the well insurance investigation. Um, yeah, so I, I think it does play with very actually important ideas of what technology will potentially be able to do or can already do. Um, and where it might go and the dangers of that, the, the very real dangers, which don't say <clears throat> humans are going to just be destroyed and made into paper clips, but also say like the way our society functions may be affected in, in this way. So I thought it was. Well, do you know no, why? Do you know why it's called Black Mirror? Uh, the, do you see your when screen, you look at the Black Mirror? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, your screen. Because yeah. even when your device is off, you're still looking at it and you see yourself in it. Yeah. That's it. Uh. Yeah. But, and, and that's what the, I mean, look, every so often these like types of series come out, like anthology series yeah. that make you look at like social problems or whatever. I mean, we had Twilight Zone, mm. Outer Limits. They're all kind of the same. They're paranormal activity. They, they, they're different, exa- but they're, they're different now it's, uh, thematically, but they're yeah. the same thing. Yeah, I mean Twilight Zone was, and some of those stories. I mean, you watch them now; they're still they're still amazing. Well, you know, they still deal with issues. Yeah, Twilight Zone. I still with, enjoy Twilight know, Zone. It's, it's, it's incredible. I haven't seen those. It's old. I mean, there's some of them from was, the '60s, and they're yeah. black and white and whatever. But they're dealing with issues that are outstanding. You like to go. Wow. I remember watching them in primary school. Like yeah. on SABC3 or yeah. Yeah. Oh, weird, Although Twilight Zone could make you shit yourself. Twilight Zone is scary me. as hell. Um, yeah. And then the other thing more, because I quite enjoy sci-fi, I watched Lost in Space, the, the reboot. Oh, the, apparently it's, yeah. it's cool. It is cool. Um, it, it, apparently it's not as dark as the trailers make it look. No, it's 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 not as dark, um, which is annoying in some respects because there's a lot of like, um, you know, we're all going to make the world – well, we're going to make a new world better and kumbaya and all that crap. Um, so there is some of that, uh, but there's a lot of cool stuff in there uh, with regards to just how they've thought about doing things, um, a lot of the tech that's very well thought out. Um, the robots is, is, is very well done, mm. like really, really well. Well done. Sorry, Ramon's vaping in the back, so I've got to. And we're uh, and we're just yeah. Ramon, Ramon's blowing his robot. Someone said uh, it's, a, it's a robot penis. <laughs> one one just said that. Yeah, so Lost in Space uh, is w- worthwhile. I think. Have you noticed we haven't mentioned any DSTV series? No, we we, we haven't. Uh, what's on DSTV? Only Game of Thrones, I would suspect, is worth. Yeah, keeping it. Yeah, I don't right. know what. Yeah, there's some there's some light sort of stuff. I, I suppose if you're a Grey's Anatomy fan, oh, you know, then you can, you can watch so awful. and watch that. That's yeah, um, that's correct. To my there's, a, there's a there's a series I I quite enjoyed called The Good Fight, which was a playoff, which was a spin off of The Good Wife. The Good Wife was actually really good. Uh, the last few series, was it, the last few seasons, season, I thoroughly enjoyed The Good Wife. Um, it was very good. But the, the so The Good Fight was a spin off. Uh, not as good, but the first season wasn't bad. Second season has. It's with Christine has, Baranski, isn't yeah. it? She, she goes and does it. Has gone, uh, yeah, she's Diane Lockhart or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. character. Um, she, yeah, the second season's Trump Derangement Syndrome. <laughs> Literally, they have literal Trump. They took the, one of the episodes is an entire episode about talking about how they're going to impeach Donald Trump. Um, and the method and so on and so forth. So, um, but it's, 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 it's quite, as a courtroom drama, if you like your courtroom dramas, I think at the moment it's probably the best, um, sort of courtroom. I get in the zone drama. sometimes with those courtroom sort of shows, half, eh? half, not quite as crazy as Ellie McBeal, not quite as, um, good as Boston, Boston Legal, Legal, which is 
the best um, court series ever. Yeah, fuck Suits. That was, that was excellent. <laughs> Austin Eagle did it much okay. better. Suits is okay. Uh, suits, okay. Su- suits has gotten – so the latest season of Suits was um, just a real cop-out. Uh, they had to get rid of Meghan Markle because, uh, well, you know, she's she's not going to be acting anymore. She's going to be hey, cutting Jim, ribbons. No order bride. I saw you on the show, and uh. <laughs> yeah, um, and so they had to get rid of her, and I was like, "Cool, so they're going to have this big blow up between the characters, or she's going to die, or like something's going to." No, no, no. They're just going to, you know, they, they just wrote out two main characters. Her and Mark got got written out, and uh, Mark, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know what's his. Uh, it's like okay. Um, to be fair, I mean, I don't know if you watch Little Weapon. I'll remember his name now, the actor's name, but uh, he's the, one of the main characters with Gabriel ha- Macht. The, the ha- ha- Harvey Specter. The- Harvey Specter's the main guy, Gabriel yeah. Macht, uh, and the other guy who's yeah, his, Mark, who's his the, underling, the, the guy who remembers. Yeah, the guy who remembers didactic memory. Uh, he's but, leaving. I mean, that's the show. He's leaving. So yeah, so, so the next they've got another season signed, but I don't know what they're going to do with it. Um, Unless they just spin off, man. Just take Spectre, go off, move to some other place and just call yeah, it Spectre. I mean, and well, one of the problems with Suits is that, and the thing, the thing that turned people off was it's become too soap opera-ish type of thing. In the beginning, it, was, it wasn't it was so much caring about the people in their lives. I mean, it was you cared about Harvey and his life. right? And Harvey was this hardcore, successful lawyer who could take on anyone. To be this, who also drew, drove supercars in his off time, slept with models and, and mm. ate in the best restaurants. And now he's kind of like can't decide whether he loves his secretary or not and um, you never really see him enjoying himself. <laughs> but have you seen his secretary? Yeah, I mean, she's a Holy rocket. Shit. I agree. But, but. <laughs> That's who I would, if I was but I suppose you didn't want to keep on the ginger train I suppose you just wanted to kind of break it up and Mix oh, it up a bit. Good. That's, so, that's, that's, I, that's, I don't know if I mentioned this before so before we end have you seen a movie called L E double L E by Paul Verhoeven? <sighs> The guy that basic instinct. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, Paul Verhoeven's best film. Uh, no, I don't think no, I did. L. L is his best film by far. No, it's a French film about a woman who gets raped and does not report it, and and carries on life as if, or she tries to understand why she got raped. Phenomenal film. Like it's it's a it's a psychological comedy. Verhoeven is brilliant. Like it, it's really funny, but it's like these. Weird deep issues, uh, like is new Sorry, Paul Verhoeven's best film is Starship okay. Troopers. So just no. maybe Ooh. Al can be his what? second best. Watch. Total Recall, Robocop. No, still yes. Starship Troopers. Watch L. Okay, <laughs> I'll watch L. Statement. And if you oh, haven't okay, seen Starship Troopers, I mean, don't watch, watch it, it with kids because it's really not yeah. for kids. No, no, but, it's a Verhoeven uh, movie. It can't be for kids. Yeah. No, it's never for kids. It's, no. But the commentary, the social commentary, is always spot on. Yeah, but this is his first big European film. And he said he couldn't get it done in America because they're no. a bunch of prudish cunts. Yeah. Um, well, once he like, look, Shogel's killed his career in America. But that was like so awful. It was fun. Yeah, and I think <laughs> it was one of those things because he, he at times he intends to make movies awful. Yeah. I mean, if you look at uh, Starship Troopers, yeah. The young cast, I mean, if you listen to him and whatever, he intended for it to seem like a really bad... Yeah, but he did things in Starship s- Troopers that now are seen as routine and no one had ever done them but before. stuff is mind-blowing. I mean, me. breaking the fourth fourth wall, you talk about Deadpool. There's there's, there's stuff that's in Deadpool that Poor Verhoeven did for pretty much the first time ever in Starship Troopers that, <laughs> that oh, now is, is routine in... Yeah, Total Recall. Is routine in a lot of films. That constant... Pounding you with uh, um, propaganda, yeah. you know, you are ready for the fight, you know, and it's all of this kind of stuff. It's, it's, I mean, it's brilliant stuff, and and it's, I mean, reality TV shows, yeah, Robocop, 
Yeah. Look at look at what Robocop already told that we were going to do in 20, 30 years. Well, that's a lot of uh, – I read a lot of sci-fi from the 50s and yeah. 60s. And if you read those those authors, Han and Sheckley, a little bit of Asimov, <laughs> you read them now and you're like, yeah, of course, you know. But these are guys predicting cellular phones in the 1950s. They're predicting uh, what Elon Musk is doing now in the 1950s. It's not simple. And they're not – and when I say they're predicting it, they're not going one day we will have rockets that will go to space. They're not saying that. They're like going into technicalities on how we will do it. Um, Even some ideas that Nikola Tesla had. Yeah. Like now we're able to look at it and go, oh, wait a minute. This guy was actually onto something. You know, like it's, a, it's amazing how forward-thinking actually humans are in general and the stuff that we must be thinking of now that's coming – yeah, but we overestimate how much. I mean, do you know when the car phone was invented? Right in the eighties, they already had it. Take a wild guess. The first car phone was well, probably in the twenties. The mass produced one. The mass produced one. Mass produced car phone. I thought that was seventies or eighties. Nineteen forty-six. Oh really? But, it, but that used to be like a full-on phone in the car. In the wasn't car, it? it was like with the. But it, but it didn't have. It wasn't attached to. So what did it use? Radio signal. And didn't they have one in one of the James Bond movies? I'm sure you had a car or something. No, but people think like it's Ooh, James Bond. Where's the next James Bond coming? Soon, Danny Boyle. Yeah. Gonna be brilliant. <laughs> gotta clean da- our mouths. Daniel Craig. Rinse our mouths out of Spectre. We just gotta yeah, Spectre was disgusting. Get rid of that Spectre taste now, out. How does it happen? Sam Mendes does Spectre, which is absolute shit. But he did the one before that, which I can't remember, which was really good. It was outstanding. Oh, it was really good. Like, how the fuck does it happen? Tight deadlines, expectations. Never give them two. Um, yeah, and Never not, give and them not two. one after the other. Like, that, that was oh, a big the same mistake. director. Yeah, and you're trying to recapture that lightning, you know, and you've got to say, uh, Scarfall, when he made that, Scarfall, that's he wasn't, probably wasn't being as controlled and contained and as much as expected on. Whereas Spectre feels like you need to do this, need to do that. Also, I mean, the, Scarfall was like a, almost a turning point in the entire James Bond series. Uh, it, it told you things about the character you, you didn't know. It was very deep. Uh, and to, to, to then make a movie after that, it, it should never have been him because you can't do a film like that and then you, you, you almost can't better it. So the next film has to be different and it has to move away from what just happened. And if it's the same guy and he's trying to keep the momentum, it, it, it's not going to work out. Well, it's what worries me about Mission Impossible and your Mission Impossible because yeah. the, the previous one, which I freaking loved yeah. – um, but ever since three, number th- well, all of them are actually pretty good. It's just the second one. Second, John Woo. <laughs> the last, that one. The last <laughs> hour was really good. But yeah, look, the, the action was pretty cool was, uh, and whatever, but I can't watch the movie. Pretty, because Tandy Newton was great. Yeah, it's just, uh, I mean, uh, but from, th- there's but cool stuff in it. The three, four, five, and Rogue Nation are really good. Outstanding. Like, look, and the trailer movies. for the new one looks amazing. I'm there without that. But it's Christopher McQuarrie. But it's the same director, and it makes you, yeah, and it makes you like it's the same kind of thing. Either they're going to be better. Because they're a bit more unleashed. If you look at like X Men One versus X Men Two, or if you look at Batman Begins versus yeah. The Dark Knight, in that in, in those they're like we've proven ourselves. Give us the room to move and let's create what we want to create, and which is why you get those movies. But then sometimes you get yeah, we're the studio and we're we you, you've proven that you can make money. Now don't cock it up. Yeah, and yeah. there's a lot more pressure and there's a lot more whatever, and it's like oh, but we need more of this. You know, we need more of that. Audiences so, love that joke. Please put it back in. Are we getting a new bond at the end of this year? Is I don't it think in it's the next no, year? but they've just signed Danny Boyle. It's 
Daniel Craig, Danny Boyle, I think they're going into the screen. I can't, I can't believe Daniel Craig's still doing it. It's been, uh, it's, he, this will be his last one. I think he was contracted for five. Yeah, he said he, 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 said he doesn't want to do it anymore. Well, that, there was it. a big problem with the last one. You can see it. Yeah. Hi, I'm James. <laughs> I, uh, every time I speak, I get $10,000. Yeah, look, life it's is like, so hard, earning millions of dollars, having to kiss beautiful women and uh, ride, race last, sports okay, cars. Last thing. <laughs> Uh, what's his name? Guy Ritchie is making a new British gangster film. Sweet. Yeah. The first one's is Rock and Roller, which is actually underappreciated. Rock and Roller was actually pretty yeah. good. That was a great it's movie. Like, Tom Hardy was gay. It's like, what? <laughs> Handsome Bobby's a fag. What? Oh, no, that movie was fantastic. Undirected. Okay. Fucked up King Arthur like royally. I haven't seen that. Terrible. Um, I, not I, terrible. I'm just, holding myself back because it, it, looked, it looked cool. Yeah, but... The effects are not that but great. But I've heard like mixed. Some people are like, it's brilliant. Some people are like, eh, no, it's okay. guess. But I'll, I'll, begin to, I'll begin to give it a watch. I like Guy Ritchie. I like King Arthur. It's got dragons, wizards. Yeah. But no, <laughs> he must uh, – Snatch is still the classic. The quintessential British game. Well, Lockstock, uh, you see, Lockstock is, is, is grittier. Well, that's the movie that made him. But I think Snatch was like peak. Oh, that's his. That's you know, his you get like, I love. I love both of them. That's you get, you get peak. Yeah, you know, you, you just snatch it. You're not going to get better than that. You when know? you got Brad Pitt fighting some big ogre to <laughs> to Oasis, <laughs> oh, it's and it's oh come on, I just need to watch it again. Brad actually. Pitt was fantastic in that film. Yeah. Brilliant. That was his best acting, and Brad Pitt's not a great actor. And the thing is, at that point, people were like, "No, Brad sucks, like whatever," you know. And then he came out. With you got to give him. You got to give him the right. You got to give him the right character. You hey, I rate him big time. I watch anything with Brad Pitt in it. Yeah, he was caravan's better than blue. Yeah, <laughs> I think he's that well, man. <laughs> man, watch Burn After Reading, man. Come on, that actor is excellent. Brad Pitt, very good. Uh, very I, good actor. I think he's a brilliant actor. Yeah. In my, my opinion. Yeah, yeah, sure. So, best actor today, quickly. Be- best actor. Luck today. I don't know. Go. I'll think about it. Shut it out. It's hard to. Uh, I mean, uh, there are great actors. Be- Benedict Cumberbatch, maybe. DiCaprio, fantastic. Oh, Fassbender's fantastic. I mean, Fassbender's really, really good. also very good. I would agree with all three of those. They're really good. I, I, of course, we were being uh, very misogynistic because no female well, comes actor, up. Well, actresses. Well, we want to look at uh, actresses. I mean, Kate uh, Blanchett. Uh, yeah, she's I've, superb. Uh, I adore that woman. Eh? She is amazing. What an amazing actress. I hate to say it, Meryl Streep still, still nah. kills it. Look, she's a great actress. Yeah. I mean, you could. Really, uh, so I'm going to be the dissenting voice. You yeah. could, sometimes you've got to separate yourself from. No, that's what I'm saying. As My problem actress. with Meryl Streep is I really feel like Meryl Streep is Meryl Streep. And I, I never really credit act, actors or actresses who are the same person, even if they act very well, but they're the same in every film. To me, that's not. Great, they're very good at acting themselves. So I'm, and maybe look, there's two sides to that. Like Joe Pesci, yeah, Schwarzenegger. Schwarzenegger is always Schwarzenegger. You know, you you can't, they can't get away from them. I mean, they, 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 what was it? Expendables. Even there was even a movie making fun of the fact that all these characters can't get away from their typecasting. Um, but uh, and and look, in fairness to Meryl Streep. What ends up happening is Meryl Streep is bigger than any character she plays because you know you're watching Meryl Streep. So then. You end up going, oh look, it's Meryl, <laughs> right? Um, so I suppose there is a bit of that, but I, she's too samey for me. Well, it's like Al Pacino. I mean, it gets to a point where you are kind of like, what more can you bring? Mm. You know, like what are you going to bring that surprises me that I haven't seen? Al Pacino, we've seen everything, every emotion. Like I find him a bit boring to watch now. Like I, I don't want to watch but, him. Uh, Irishman, uh, got, but this is where they should. Era. I wonder. Like he also is 
That's a Scorsese movie. You know, that's the reason why we're interested. It's because it's Scorsese and it's also they're using aging, de-aging on him and whatever. And it'll be interesting to see if De Niro brings that passion back. But in all the recent movies, it's just like, it's a paycheck. I'm old. I'm going to die soon. But that's that's being released on Netflix. It's like going to theaters. Netflix That's a massive budget. Do you know Bright with Will Smith? Yeah. Yeah. Shit movie. It was was okay. $90 million. Ninety well, three million, nine, three nine million dollar for that script, eh? But Will will take twenty of that. Yeah, true. But not, Netflix paid ninety million dollars for a movie. But it was also movie. the biggest movie that they had at the time. I know. But it blows my mind that I can get a movie that bypass studios completely straight into Netflix one day. You're like, oh fuck, let's just watch this new. Yeah, like, it's basically a blockbuster. But I do think it's a problem. At home. It's a problem. I think so. I for, think for I think fest, that movie should be at cinemas. I think for festivals it is because they're like you need to actually. You know, Look, you also have to go cinemas. watch a film with Miguel. Well, maybe we should do like a Renegade Report. <laughs> we go watch a movie with Miguel because you need to understand something. Firstly, if it's a big blockbuster film, it's always IMAX. Okay, yeah, but it has to. Be. Then you've got to pick be. the right seating. You can't sit F&G anywhere. Okay. <laughs> And there that's you go. It. That's true. And you, you've got to, you, you've got to go. You've got to immerse yourself in the film. And you can never really do that in a home cinema, even in a no. really nice no, home cinema. I, tr- I tried. I tried. I watched Dunkirk at IMAX Center. Phenomenal, like exercise. I, I was like super pumped. Watched it at home. It's not the same. It's not the same, man. It's not the same. You've got to pump that sound. You've got yeah. to have a. It's also, it's also the, you know that IMAX. The screen is really bigger than what you can see. Right, so yeah. what it does almost in your brain is that it it, it puts you, it literally does put you in the film because yeah. your entire vision uh, cannot encompass the entire screen. Basically, um, it, it sort of can your peripheral, but but doesn't really when you're focused. Whereas with a normal film, there's always other things. You know, there's a side of the cinema or there's a side of your your bookshelf or whatever it is you've got at home. Um, and so I think that's why you get so much more immersed in the IMAX yeah. and then. And that's why I don't think I'll ever watch Blade Runner 2049 again. Oh, that I was watched amazing it, on IMAX. I watched, it in, I watched it in IMAX. Blown away. Best film of last year like by far. And I, I just know you cannot repeat that. And it's like your dad builds there and you got a, like a porn star cinema in your house. But that's why I don't, don't want that. to watch The Revenant again. Yeah, I watched that at IMAX. Phenomenal. Let me tell you, there were shots in there where you've got the trees above yeah. you like this and, feet. and it sounds like whoo, I promise you in the cinema I was <laughs> I'm freezing in here it was oh, yeah. for people, amazing he, for people he's shivering not masturbating uh, no 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 also a little bit of that <laughs> the whole show though. a little bit of touch it's been going on a little bit of touch the entire time uh, cool so should we call it quits God. this has been a, a what a fucking bullshit podcast <laughs> I can't remember what he's like yeah so but, uh, the blurb on this will be R- Ramon, Jonathan, and Miguel sit down and talk about movies. That'll be pretty, pretty much, much that's it. Pretty much, yeah. yeah, yeah. Easiest cool. blurb ever. <laughs> Easiest blurb for me to do. Awesome. So, uh, Miguel, thank you for coming in yeah, again. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Okay. We can do a we, we do a, we do a Renegade Report uh, movie evening at an Armax. <laughs> just just the movies. <laughs> Starting yeah. with the marathon. We we'll get we we'll get yeah we we'll get them to uh, specially well. specially screen <laughs> specially screen. All the Schuster films. <laughs> we do like the th- three top Schuster films in a row. <laughs> Beautiful. Right. Uh, do you want to be found? I, don't, I never know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, at Ronnie. No, it's at. Uh, did you at change the moment it? it's at Miggy Mac Attack. Oh, Miggy Mac Attack. Miggy okay. Mac Attack. Yeah. Okay. You can find me on Twitter. Cool. And uh, yeah, that's where you can find uh, Miguel. Uh, usually 
film commentary, but some yeah. some political stuff as well. He some gets annoyed with our stuff, government too. Some uh, <laughs> arbitrary stuff. Yeah. Awesome. And uh, as always, you know where to find us. Uh, we don't want you to pay us for this podcast, so we won't even tell you about the Patreon. Uh, we'll catch you next time. Thanks so much for listening. Cheers. This is CliffCentral.com.